This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis S Delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking into all things Ipswich Town. I'm your host, Richard Woodward, and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Harry from Bath. Harry, how's it going? All good at this end, Rich. I have to say it's been a great week, and I have to say it's an unmitigated joy. It doesn't happen very often, but to be able to go and watch Ipswich Town play and arrive home 45 minutes later... (laughs) It's no idea. We, we obviously everybody knows we were at Ashton Gate this week. It was wonderful going. I sat with the magnificent Mr. Bloom. And we, 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 we ringside seats up. Well, not ringside. We were up in the gods, but over halfway. So I was able to see the Southwest Brigade over to our left with our with our flag out, and they were. I, we'll come on and talk about it, but the crowd. Bristol fans, yet again, like we saw at Wigan at West Brom, turning on their own team, oh. the likes of Ipswich. And our fans, particularly in the second half, they were singing. It was Paul Lambert is a blue, Ipswich till I die, all the numbers. And you could hear them loud and clear from where we were at halfway. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, great. It was a great evening. Great and evening. on the but telly we, as well. Yeah, we'll definitely and, come, yeah, back to that. We'll well, come back to that. Speaking great, of great being in, home in 45 minutes, that was my pleasure and privilege on Saturday <laughs> against West Brom. Um, although I stopped off for a curry in Birmingham with a few people with um with our mate mm. Daryl who is also your Indeed. travelling partner Indeed. in the week as well. Yeah, that's right. It was him. Him. I mean, Graham from the Naked Footy Footy Show. It was great. It was, it was royalty. I was able to take him up to the bear, <laughs> the bear pub, which isn't the most exciting, but it's our local. And I uh, got him to meet. He met my great Italian mate Vince, and we put we many many insightful tactical discussion was had. Needless to say, and uh, then we headed over to the game. It was a great pre-match, great pre-match session. Yeah, really Daryl's put the miles mm. in this week. Um, he really has. Let's um let's do. Uh, 30 seconds on West Brom because obviously we dealt with it yeah. on the flagship show what I need to quickly say is and I didn't mention this on on um, the flagship either is I bought my own ticket for, for West Brom on Saturday just um, randomly um, I left it probably a little bit too late um, but got there before they sold out and I rock up on Saturday take my seat and five minutes later who should turn up but our good mate Mullet and behind hey. me is his dad I was thinking <laughs> what are the odds of buying a random set of tickets and having to be sat next to someone you know if if anyone well, tweet in if that's ever happened to you without it was allocated seating obviously because we sold out but um, uh-huh. so yeah it was I had, a, I had a friend I had two friends on Saturday which it might that have been just brilliant. randos otherwise 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to flatter the guy. He's going to be furious with me for saying it on on the show. But I love watching games with Mullet. It's an absolute joy. Interesting insights, conversations all the way through the game. He picks up on so many details. So that mm. was a a bonus, an absolute bonus. Absolutely was. And Mullet Senior as well, who's yeah. who's able to put things in so much context. Having yeah. you know, he's a man of great experience. Yeah. Is the, I think yeah. a polite way of putting it. Um, yeah. So yeah, good insights there. And Saturday, I thought we were first half. They had chances, um, and yep. if they take those chances, maybe it's a different game. Um, but second half, we were great, and we've talked about this before, how these pairings, these bonds that you call it, they yep. are starting to be forged now. And Judge, oh, yeah. Nolan, um, Scoose, I think, came on Saturday and also came on Tuesday. He's complimenting mm-hmm. that. Um, yep. Bishop, Chalibur, this midfield kind of... It's about four or five midfield players we've got now who know how to play with each other. That's yeah. the wrong phrase, isn't it? But no, no. know how to know where each other are, know yeah. where to make positions. And they're all floating around as well, actually. They're not yeah. taking rigid positions, are they? There's a lot of movement there. And I think it's it's starting to bear fruit. And yeah. yes, we're not winning those games. And oh, for a, like a proper striker in that team. I think we would have won on Saturday if we had. And maybe yeah. Tuesday as well. Yeah, we would have. Thoughts yeah. on that? And thoughts on... Yeah, we saw that certainly that on Tuesday more of a makeshift or a I think the questions allude to this a experimental um, yeah. lineup with maybe next season in mind um, Josh Emmanuel back in the team for the first yeah. time this season um, Andre Dezel back in the team um, El Mazzuni on the bench who made his debut off the bench yeah um, Jackson back in as well yeah your thoughts on, on West Brom into Bristol and, and this kind of pattern well, of play that's starting to emerge well, what you just talked about, in a way, we both saw the same game Ooh. in terms of we certainly saw the same team and the same pattern of the game as well, both in terms of what was happening on the field and then the crowd turning on their own on their on their own sides. It was quite it was it's quite it's fascinating that it really is. Um, the players you name checked, actually, Josh Emmanuel, Andre Zizel, um were two of the ones who really caught caught my, caught my eye. Um where to start? Let's. I'll run through what we saw um, because I think we all watched it on television. The, the parallels are so similar. What you said again about the lack of a striker. The first half was oh so typical, not making our dominance count, um, and then being undone by opponents yeah. as they grew into the half. I would criticise one small thing, and it is a, it's a, not a, it's not a howler, but we didn't pressurise the person putting in the cross. I think it was Eliasson put the cross in for their goal. Okay. And that was, that was a, I felt we could have maybe, I think it was just that they'd been coming on to us. The pattern had changed and they were, the, you could see the pendulum swinging out. I don't know whether it was a moment of weariness, but well, it was the short corner, wasn't it? Where the goal it was, from. yeah. So there was maybe yeah. a, a little bit of a, yeah. Yeah. Um, a pause it, yeah. there because of that. I think, as indeed did they switch off for our short corner, which um, got us our equaliser. Um, but uh, but I was worried at half time. I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be another 2-0 defeat. We've seen the pattern before. However, um, there's one other small point I'd make, which is I was worried about this. I was chatting to Ben about this, actually, in the second half we were watching the game. I was worried, are we... Is, is there an issue around Lambert's defensive coaching? Is it because we seem to be more inherently risky at the back under Lambert than we were under Mick. When Mick came in, it was kind of nailless, struts in into the back four, no question at all. But actually, I just think it's not as necessarily that Lambert isn't as strong a defensive coach as Mick. I think the problem is you get stronger defensive football under Mick, but it comes with a very heavy price. Your fullbacks where... are fullbacks. They don't yeah. bomb on. So Emmanuel yeah. and Kenock yeah. were in the yeah. opposition's half, weren't they? 
Exactly that. I think you've just got to accept the fact that the nature of this football will be inherently more risky. It may yield up more goals conceded, but it will certainly yield up a hell of a lot more in terms of creativity and fluidity and what we're now starting to see blossom. You can see all the synapses linking up. It's fantastic. It really is. Um, The first half, as I say, that's where we were. The second half, I have to be honest, that the game, it kind of lacked a certain level of quality, and that's (laughs) me being diplomatic. I, I, I said to... Ben at one stage said this game is disintegrating it's almost as if the game has given up there was something going on at the touchline where they were kicking the ball and whose throw was it and nobody knew and it was really the linesman had almost given up as well it was really one of those weird moments where you just thought oh god what are we all doing here um but <laughs> that it, works it, for us though doesn't it it does work at home team their yeah. fans are getting frustrated at how they, they weren't they taking were. the game to us and I think that was why the two were linked, because we started playing with personality. We were disrupting their play. We won so many, and they said that we won so many second balls. We won virtually all of them, and they couldn't get any sort of rhythm going. Same then. on Saturday as well. And yeah, that's a yeah. that's a real shift, actually, because yeah. a few weeks ago, particularly Reading, I think, but even earlier in the season, we had been talking about how we yeah. were losing those 50-50s, how the small percentages mm-hmm. would go against us on Saturday, um, Saturday yeah. and Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're making that happen now. Yeah. We have the urgency. We have, and also, <clears throat> Bristol City, as Bristol City were growing in nervousness, we were growing in confidence. And you could mm. see the two going together. And the go- just and it wasn't even just for our goal, but there was uh, Kelly. Kelly, on the Bristol form, I put up the notes on, on Monday on TWTD. They, they described Lloyd Kelly as a high-quality left-back, which we all remember from Portman Road. But he always has a real rick in him. Mm. Now, they played Preston a couple of games before they played us. And he gave away a stupid free kick just before half-time. Preston put the ball in. Bang, 1-0. So and Kelly was the one who was dug out for giving away the free kick in the first place but he took that sense of a real rick in him to a whole new level that was just one brilliant on goal i loved it it was an <laughs> i'm not absolute... sure i've seen one with that it, much power it, he, he just laced it he really did it was superb his, eye, his body shape was all haywire it was a great brilliant he was a brilliantly drilled in cross by kenlock and it was the right thing to do because it gave the, the keeper who we knew was flaky oh, he was iffy wasn't he blimey Putting it in low as well meant that if he was going to use his feet, the ball again could have gone anywhere. It was it was a very well thought through cross. It really was. Was I right um, in thinking that Lloyd Kelly? Have they said that he's got a bit of a, a temper issue, or is he a bit hot headed every now and then? They mention that, or he have does I made not, that up? No, no, that is true. That is true. But the big problem with him is he can't get wound up. He can't get unsettled. And yeah, because Guion Edwards, I think, was targeting him. Guion Edwards yeah. left one on him mm. early second half, I think. That, that's and they had a bit of handbags. Small, small advantages, exactly. And the other thing they said that if he does make a mistake, his confidence can wobble for a bit. Mm-hmm. And that the other thing we noticed then was that Josh Emmanuel, who I thought had a really good game, um, he came into the game more because Kelly seemed to play, start playing within himself. It was almost like he had this thing going around in his head that he'd oh you know this error yeah. this blunder that he couldn't shake off. Um, so and I would say just a bit like West Brom. Um, if we were the more likely team to go on and win. At right at and the then end. we almost, but we almost gave away that last minute goal as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's typical us as well. But, yes, it is. No, it is. That's but, true. Yeah. This kind yeah. of, you know, mm. the Reading game aside, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a really solid unbeaten run. Yeah. Um, we just need to convert these chances, don't we? I mean, it's turning draws into wins. You see, the, I remember when Roy Hodgson took over when Fulham were, it's a good few years ago, they were an, on their knees. And again, they didn't win something like the first six or eight, but then they started, but they were picking up a lot of draws. And then those draws then started turning into wins and then they climbed out of danger. Mm. Our problem was, and we knew it was this problem in November, 
we were relegated then, we weren't being relegated now, that was when we hadn't got the opportunity to use a loan market. We couldn't bring in reinforcements quickly enough to be able to, get, you know, to, to to bring the whole process of rebuilding forward eight weeks. Yes. It, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. bringing in players, as we've talked about as well, that yeah. are not playing for their current clubs either who need yeah. time to get up to match fitness yeah. as well. Yeah, um, and we'll we come on to that with one of the Forest players later. Exactly. Okay. January well, yeah. signings are, are problematic. Um, a couple of other things can I mention. Mm. A, a couple of players who caught the eye. Josh Emmanuel, I do want to say, I've never understood. We've been trying every... We've been, we've been bringing in left-backs for all over the place. I don't know what's been going on in training. I'm a fan of Emmanuel. He gives us... And my Italian mate Vince said it. He said it as well. He gives us some much-needed physicality at the back. Yeah. And he was fine. He had. He did come under the cosh a little bit in the 20 minute spell that Bristol had before half-time. A little time. errors here yeah. and there. But, but, but he's but, only just come back into the team as well. You could have yeah, given exactly him Exactly that. Yeah. Away. So I, I, I was... I was very happy to see him play and and Andre Dizel I think there's a question about him the thing I spotted about him now Bristol City don't have a heavyweight midfield let's say that it is that's their strength tends to be out wide they yeah. tend to they don't Vince or um, Ben said it actually Ben's on his review yeah yeah, and they don't have an out-and-out -out playmaker but we were able to nullify them there but the thing that Dizel was able to do was find the incisive forward pass all good players at that in that area um Casey Palmer, when he was with Huddersfield, did this as well. He's not doing it at Bristol. He would always look for an incisive forward pass. Dazelle's instinct, it may not be a Hollywood pass, but it could be a killer five-yard It's that one that people didn't see coming. Yeah. There's a run yeah. that someone yeah. has anticipated, or that he's yeah. anticipated, yeah. and he threads it through. Yeah. yeah. He knows what the space is going to be, and he's going to play it into that. It's, keep an eye out for that. He did it several times in the game. You can see he was getting... It's not a showy radar, but it is a radar, and mm. it's well, worth spotting. So that was really good. Um, a few comments about Judge. People felt he was quiet. He was... I felt he was more peripheral in a wider role. And for me, anyway, I always feel he has to play centrally or have a totally free role. He's you know, just somebody who can, as Vince would say, trick Ortiz somebody playing in behind who can work off a striker or who can overload a particular flank if he sees an opportunity. But um, and it was also, but it was obviously planned because occasionally he'd be caught in field and one of the midfielders would swing out to protect um, Kenlock out on the left, which was good. And the other player I'll mention, and I'm not, again, I'm not, there were two players. Um, Mizuni was undaunted when he came on. He played really well. And Chalaba was fantastic. Right a match, Chalaba, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he really was. But I do think as well, I know there's a question about Skews, and I think Skews does have a role. Against a lightweight mid City midfield, Chalaba was fine. He was able to, you know, there wasn't the aggression that you'd get from Sheffield United, say. But bringing Skews on for that last 15 minutes was just perfect. Okay, let's mm. just put the, I don't know if it was the same at West Brom, bring on a steel guard or just put it in there just to tighten it up for that last 15 minutes when the younger players' concentration might start to wobble. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. agree with all of that. Yeah, yeah sure. really good stuff. Yeah. I thought Chalab was yeah. excellent. He's really growing yeah. into the season. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, and we and I guess there's a bit of smugness. I think we can rewind to some early pods where I think yeah. the majority of us, well, certainly us two on this show, is saying there's a player there. You will get yeah. him making mistakes and you will get him trying stuff. But I think yeah. he's figured that stuff out now. Those er errors that we saw him turning into trouble or trying the Hollywood mm. passes, you call it. He doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. And he's no, actually no. quite physical in midfield. He's he's doing a lot of what Scoose does, but probably a little yeah. bit more mobile yeah. and you get a little bit more of an attacking yeah. compliment as well, maybe. Yeah, you do. You get that little extra half dimension with him that you possibly don't get with Scoosey. And he'll yeah. move further forward perhaps as well yeah. than Scoose. Yeah. Scoose has that's, done that more this season. Um, yeah. Just one thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on. We haven't um, prepared for this, so feel free to... Yeah. Um, Back this one away very quickly. Streaky Lee. Um, 
the thought yeah. you were sat in the home and where you I think you yeah yeah what's the thoughts on is, is the crowd again turning on him or was it kind of one of those oh. ones because it's it's oh. not a good run is it four without win five, it's, five. It's, five it's five now one draw out of five yeah. um, and four four of them are league games um it's interesting because this leads on actually nicely to well i was going to talk about bristol city and my italian friend vince who, who i've known him for years he follows ipswich as an as a friendly outsider as it were but italians see things differently and we talked about this in the car on the way home we talked about ipswich and we talked about bristol city let's do ipswich first and then we'll do bristol city just Ooh. to wrap that wrap, wrap wrap up the game i feel like we um, need a, an intro for vince but yeah vince mind. is really good some 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 some, 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 some italian some, music or something yeah. either or whatever no it's a, <laughs> but he watches he does see things tactically um and he he did. I remember him, he came to the two-one defeat in McCarthy's first season, and I was really worried um, uh, that we were going to go down. And Vince said no. He could see already that McCarthy was already putting the struts in place at the back. We went later in that March on a five or six-game run where we didn't concede a single goal, and we obviously stayed up. But Vince also saw the Lincoln game on television. We watched that together. Um, getting watching getting an Italian's take on watching Matt Reed is really funny. <laughs> I should point that the Italians have this "my body is a temple" approach. You know everything, yes. is, and there was Matt Reed who was giving us all hope as he was. Vince calls it calcio inglese, as it were. This guy just sort of going around, literally lambing into Christoph Ferrer all evening and getting it back again. Um, but uh, it's it's he, he does. It's great to get his take, and he really felt the the contrast between. McCarthy's football and Lambert's was fascinating from his point of view. He said, he described, he said, a very neat performance and you could see Lambert's personality reflecting in our style of play. And he also just drew a distinction between what he called the connected football of Lambert and the departmental football of McCarthy is how he described it. Sure. In McCarthy, you had defenders, you had midfielders, you had attackers. Yes. And there was all they very have their different. zones and yeah, yeah that's it whereas it's much there's a greater fluidity with Lambert and there's more more of those kind of bonds that we talked about there's more of them happening on the field because people, it's it's much more joined up football and Vince was convinced that if we had last season's firepower this team would have finished mid-table his take on where we go from here he said it is very much the Sheffield United model building a team with good foundations a defined style of play stable management give it time he said even if it doesn't happen in the first season he says what you cannot do is panic he said he said you see he says league one is the treacherous league he knows this you know he's got a few bristol rovers friends as well and they talk about that you know it's 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 it, it can be a bit of a minefield, but it's not daunting. We should, he said, you, sh you should have enough to get out of it, spin back up again from what he saw. But um, he said, it may take a little bit of time, but he said, give Lambert time because he could see an identity which was very much reflecting Lambert's personality mm. coming through. So it was quite good. Um, but on the on the subject of Bristol, oh my God. Um, right. Well, I first comment I would make is, um, if that was Elland Road in the same circumstances, it would have been a cauldron. Yeah, as in a bad cauldron. Oh yeah, for us, we, they'd have made it horrible. Oh, okay, no, sorry. No, no, no. So I the mean, atmosphere would have been quite fearsome before, before kickoff. Yeah, before the game, the place would have been absolutely rocking. Yeah. We're going for a playoff place. We're going to make this horrible for Ipswich. We're going to turn them over, and you're going to know about it. This was like it was like a a league cup first round replay. The ground wasn't full. Right. There was one corner that was quite noisy. They were sitting back. It was like a rugby crowd almost. No disrespect to rugby crowds, but it was. It wasn't. It wasn't tribal in any sense at all. Um, and Vince's comments. The, the, going back to the streaky Lee thing, I think the issue is it's a lack of leadership on the field. There's okay. a, there are such a confidence team. If you, I was watching the way they were playing, there was no one leading. We had Chambers out there. Bless him. He wasn't okay. He 
few wayward balls pl- played, but he was he had the whole thing organised. Mm. Judge at the other end of the field. Had, they, you know, uh... Yeah, they were kind of both. They both knew what they were doing. For all of the money they spent, you know, Gigi's a quiet striker. Mm. Patterson is a quiet. They all kind of tend. They all doing their little bit of the garden, but nobody's looking at the garden. In Webster's not a talker. It is he. No, he's not. He was quite. Vince was actually slightly critical of Webster. He said he loves the ball, but he might love the ball a bit too much. He, and it could have been the nature of the game he, because of their lack of a good flowing midfield he felt he was very slow with his movement and he said that could be his problem if he goes up a level that he's he doesn't seem to have that urgency he's an instinctive passer but he just felt he was a player who loved the ball a bit too much but Vince's most damning comment we were saying he said pretentious players with a pretentious manager in a pretentious stadium wow that's, that's how he put Loving it that. He, did that, he didn't have to think that out that just came out naturally from him so, imagine uh, that in an Italian know, accent everybody yeah, exactly he's um no he was absolutely damning of Bristol City he just couldn't believe you know he says you know how much how they he says my good god he always says that he says how on earth they are where they are he says what's going on in the championship does nobody want sixth place which we'll come on to yeah when we talk yeah about indeed it. yeah but uh, so there we go so no good evening all around as i say lots to be optimistic about and obviously it's great that and it wasn't just in one game because we saw it in two games which Absolutely is great right. yeah. stuff. Well, ciao vince Ciao, Vince. Uh, thank you for that. That was interesting stuff. Let's move on to another team that is <laughs> is trying <laughs> to put a run together to to go into those yeah. places. Um, Nottingham Forest. There's a lot to talk about here. We'll um, mm-hmm. we'll do our usual kind of um, dive through the team and figure stuff out. But um, a, a bit of change um, since the, our two 0 defeat. And yeah, I, I, we had a quick chat before we started recording. And, and my view was that. This the two 0 defeat first of um, December, I think it was, was probably our lowest ebb or certainly yeah. the most one-sided defeat that we've seen under Lambert. Um, yeah. uh, grab him with the, with two goals there, but it could have been a lot more. Um, yeah. And since then, Karanka kind of asked to leave, didn't he? he asked to have yeah. his contract terminated. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure the the real reason behind that has come out ever since. Um, and then you've kind of got this forest kind of all-star management pairing that's gone in of Martin O'Neill and um, one Roy Keane who will make his Portman Road return on Saturday as well. I'm, I'm sure he'll get a nice warm welcome. Um, where should we start here? Because I guess unsurprisingly, they're a little bit inconsistent form-wise. They've they had yeah. a, a bit of a thumping to Villa midweek, um, well, 3-1. Um, but they beat Hull 3-0 last week. And then before that, they lost 2-0 to Stoke. It's just yeah. a little bit inconsistent. The formation's a little bit over the place as well. A bit of rotation yeah. here and there. Is is this season maybe a bit of a stretch in terms of the playoffs? Or are they yeah. suddenly going to click into gear, Harry? What's your thoughts? It's an interesting. It's a, it's a funny one. This it, it's trying to trying to trying to piece this one together. Usually, like if it's Brentford, you know what the form of play. If it's Pulis, you know what you're getting. There, the, it's it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the tunnel on Saturday. It's mm. the best way I could put it. Um, looking at the overview first, a um, couple of big teams. You say inconsistency. Every mid-table team is going to be inconsistent if you sure. think about it. But um, but the um, it. The, there's an there's an issue around a lack of quality. I'll mention it now. When we come on and look at the players, every so often I'm going to talk about the way that they were found out by Aston Villa on Wednesday night, and assume when I say that the quality is an issue there. Okay. It's um, because that's the difference between playoff hopefuls or playoff wannabes, as they call themselves, 
and Villa, who they described as playoff contenders. Okay. Wednesday, Wednesday they're, mathematically, they're still in it. I think after us, they play Swansea and Rotherham, I think. So, in theory, they're right in the playoffs. Hashtag winnable games. I, I didn't say it. I, did, I, did I? I don't think I did. No, no. God, I tried not to. I, I've, I've typed it, but Ben didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the truth came crashing through the door on Wednesday night. Yeah. The manner of the defeat has really man- managed their expectations. They realise they don't have it. One of them said that if they did go, they said, he said that the next three, yeah, he said the next three games will make us believe we have a real chance of making the playoffs. It's what would happen if we actually got to them that would worry me, and God forbid if we win them. And I think it's an echo of what Bristol City fans were saying. You think, oh, we would love to get into the playoffs, and then you kind of go, oh my God, we could get into the playoffs. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's kind of, you know, we might play Derby it, and lose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, they could play Leeds, who are licking their wounds after just missing out. You know, it's really it could be you know, they could get absolutely murdered there. So I don't know. It's um. They don't feel um, one small side point I have to mention before I forget. There is a kind of please don't sack Frank Lampard line running up there. They, they, really, as far as they're concerned, you know, from they a think he's been found out. No, yeah, they love him there. They want him to stay. It's just it's the side it's the side point. Um, no, it's, it is very much another version of Bristol City actually, still in the top six hunt. But do they really want to be there? Um, lack of consistency, the lack of quali- quality and depth. Um, deep down, I know we're not good enough. Um, and it's the thing that they know they can beat anyone in the league. It's like so many championship teams at that level, they're, they're, but they're incapable of doing it consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and they said if we didn't don't learn from the Villa game because we will come on and talk about um, they will uh, you know God um, if they don't learn from that there's something seriously wrong. Um, just sorry, change... just Harry, but a bit of context mm-hmm. as well. Let's not forget that start of yeah. the season, big money takeover, yeah, big start, big value signings um, Carvalho obviously the most mm. notable of that so yeah. is this a case of Wolves Wolves obviously stormed the championship in, a, in the second season after a takeover yeah. is the hope that this is a learning season you get Martin O'Neill I, I guess Karanka Karanka yeah. never really felt like a fit for a team that wanted to play attacking football no. that is based around a player like Carvalho but is there a view secretly within between Forest fans that this season's about establishing the team and next season it will be the one where we're expecting to storm it or has that talk gone away completely I don't know it's a good question because it's the model they were going to follow isn't it it was the model they were going to follow initially and if they are you'd question the owner's judgement they're worried that the owner is trigger happy um, that's one issue to say. That that's a flashing light because of the way Karanka left. Many of them said the season died on Boxing Day, and all we're now doing is watching the death throws. That was one comment which came out. The problem is, if they're playing to Carvalho's style of play, if there's some sort of coherent plan, why would you bring in a manager like Martin O'Neill, yeah, who is direct. primarily is is British in his model of play? He's yeah. not, um, you know, he's not going to be playing pretty elegant elegant football mm. and we'll come on and talk about the fact that yet again you have a manager who's inherited the squad and will try to mould it into what he wants to do because what he's got doesn't fit what he would normally his normal method of play he had so he's done he, there were some good signings in the January window which but they're again like with us with Paul Lambert they're quite remedial rather than necessarily strategic you know they're, they're, they're bits of the jigsaw but they're not the whole jigsaw um, it's interesting the so there is a disconnect in terms of the signings in the summer, the appointment of Karanka, who plays a very cagey style, and then O'Neill, who plays a third style altogether. Mm. You've, none of it seems to. And when you look at that, you find you think, are we in Stoke country here? If you know what I mean, where they, you know, where they need to, you know, it needs a more fundamental rebuild than that. It's it's fascinating. It really is. Um, looking at O'Neill, let's talk about what you might see on Saturday. He has got a plan A of playing more direct. I've been trying to work it out from the last three games. They played um, 
two games ago they played Stoke and they used a diamond. They played 4-3-3 against Hull and then they played the Christmas tree 4-3-2-1 against mm-hmm. Villa. So they play back four and they broadly like to have, they have their strength, their richness of anything is in midfield. They have got a lot of midfielders so you might as well work with that. But it's then how you go and use them. So my assumption is that O'Neill will go with his plan A of trying to play a, a more direct type of game. But there is a plan B option, which is more passing football, and it's dependent on the players that we see. So if you see, for example, Darren Murphy leading the line, you know they're looking to go a little bit more direct. Against Hull, two games ago when they won 3-0, Murphy went out, he worked the back line, he worked Hull's back line heavily. They were tired out. Then they brought on Karim Ansarifard, the, Isra- the Iranian, I should say, um, international, and Carvalho. They came on, and of course, Hull, by then, they'd punched a few holes, they were tired, and then the technicians came on and okay, cr- then, yeah. and unlocked them. And that worked. But Aston Villa, they started with Ansarifard and Carvalho playing alongside um, Lolly as a three up front in the Christmas tree with Ansarifard as the, fo- as the focal point. Aston Villa pressed the team which uh, in the midfield and in the the defence, so Forrest couldn't get out of their own third, which meant they resu- they were re- ended up resorting to playing long balls to the technicians. Yeah, exactly right. You're not going to win in the air. Carvalho is very um, yeah. diminutive, I think, yeah. is a nice, polite way. Ball so. on the ground. And yeah. This is one of them says, why can't we pass the ball on the ground anymore? This was my fear when O'Neill came in. The squad isn't geared to play between the lines, and I don't get the change in direction. The players... The players that they do have to play O'Neill style, which is people like um, Watson in holding midfielder or Murphy up front, they're you know they're not they're, they're, their best days are behind them to be quite honest. Mm. So um, they said Villa stopped them playing. Too many players weren't able to do the basics right. They were giving the ball away under pressure. You know Dean Smith did and he absolutely mugged them. He knew exactly how to break them up. Um, the midfield had no out ball. They were easily pressed because they'd nowhere forward to play it to. They were they were just launching it up the field. Um, the quality issue does play into this because against Hull, who were a team of inferior quality, they were able to control and dominate the game. The second they came up against a team who knew what they were about, yeah. Villa with Grealish in there and McGinn. McGinn did a phenomenal job on callback, which you'll come on to. They suddenly found that they, you know, they were just they were overwhelmed and they couldn't handle it. Watch Villa. I think Villa are the team who are going to crash into the playoffs. It's all about Grealish, Harry, isn't yeah. it? All yeah, about it is, Grealish. It is. Um, where should we start? Because obviously we've, we've spoken about a lot of the personnel yeah. um, previously. Yeah. I think the yeah. goalkeeper position is pretty boring. It's Pantillamon, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, quick, quick word on him. Let's we start. We start at the back and work our way up because yeah. there have been there have been changes at the back which are worth mentioning. Less of a concern, I have to say. Certainly in central defence, Pantillamon is. They think he's doing better under O'Neill. There was an issue around a lack of confidence. He's what is he? Six foot eight. He's an absolute unit. One of them described him fielding the ball. It was a bit like King Kong in um, swatting away the airplanes at the end of the <laughs> film. He's a, you know, he's so Titanic. A couple of minor things. Non-existent left foot. Struggles with low shots. Um, but he seems to be taking more advanced positions in the box, which is something they were because before he would sit back on the box and they couldn't understand why a six foot eight keeper w- would struggle on crosses. It just just didn't make any sense at all. But there is a confidence issue, I think, which has affected the rest of the team, which is still there. But O'Neill seems to be working on it, and it seems to be it seems to be um, 
dampening down, as it were. Um, they, are, they are light in numbers at the moment at the back, and that is because they have a couple of their key defenders. Um, Figueredo is one. He's out injured, as also is, is Dawson Michael Dawson. Dawson's, he's at, they're, both, they're both unavailable. They've, but they really are struggling. It's often the way. You get injuries in the areas where you're least capable of covering. We so know all two, about that up front. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That. So, so they've got in two guys who you won't have seen before, but they are well, one you may have seen. I don't think he's played a before there's Alexander Milosevic, Alexander the Great. That tells you what to think okay. of him. And Yo- Johan Bela- Benalayun. Um, the, um, the, um, the, they call them the Bruise Brothers. Um, they're the Bruise Brothers. The, the, the Bruise Brothers. Yes, nice. forgive us. Sorry, sorry. It's no, that's crazy. really difficult to say. Actually, <laughs> it is actually. Actually, it is. I didn't. I didn't. I, I just. I just. I, I just jotted it down. Right. Let's do Milosevic because he's okay. They're both proper defenders that's what they are that's what they do Milosevic is Swedish actually ex he went to ex AI he played for AIK Solna went to Besiktas in Turkey it didn't work out he came back to Sweden and he joined in January and um, so he is new to the English game but he has clicked straight away calm but tough hard without being dirty never the thing they always say about him is he's never out of position he's really good at reading the game wins his headers moves the ball simply they think he's the more footballing of the two um, centre backs he makes important interceptions and clears his lines um, but he's not afraid to launch it, but that could be because of O'Neill. Yes. Can we <laughs> not knock it? Yep. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Um, he's been solid all game. However, he was bullied for the first time by Tammy Abraham. So if we have a Tammy Abraham caliber striker, we can do him. That's the, that's, that's, <laughs> our, you know, we say to everybody every week, there is a weakness yet. We but don't, don't expect us to do it about it, but we, we can highlight it. Um, he's good at nicking balls off strikers. He's no right to win. He's a really good technical, but also quite a physical defender. These two are also quite useful in the air. Um, which is something that, you know, so pinging crosses in, I think it might be going, getting in on the ground might be the way. And Johan Belayoun, you will remember, Benalayoun. Benalayoun, thank you. There's a U in there as well, isn't there? Yeah. This, is going, this, is, this is going to be like Benny. last week. Um, yeah, now, where's he come from? Tunisia International, 31, came from Leicester in January. And they think they may have had Leicester's trousers down on this signing. They think he's absolutely brilliant. Is it a permanent? Um, or is it, are they both loans or are they permanent? Uh, no, both permanent signings. Okay. Um, He's got he's more all action than Milosevic, and at one stage he marauded forward with the ball and found himself on the left wing in one recent game. He does this, um, but he's more as I say. They said he smashes everything away. He's that type of. He's more um, as I say all action. Um, he's a big guy who can do the simple things of football well, like hit the ball and get in the way of the opposition. That's that's what you get. <laughs> yeah, you know what you get. Yeah, championship um, defending. Yep. Yeah, he, they said he isn't really a footballer, but he's definitely a defender. Anything that needs heading or clearing, and he is there. So um, he, he's very good at he is and like Milosevic, he's good at reading the game. So he intercepts when the ball breaks. Um, so they seem to have sorted the central defence out anyway, which is probably what you'd expect from One, from O'Neill in any mm. case. Um, more interesting at fullback. Yeah, so at the... I'm looking at um, Derrickwa, is it, and Osborne? Yeah. Yeah, um, well, Derrickwa and Osborne because Jack Robinson was suspended. That's it, it's Jack Robinson, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Jack Robinson is the normal ex-QPR yeah. guy. Let's look at who he played first. on. Yeah, so I've got, I've got the mm-hmm. team from the um, yeah. December no, no, you're right. here as well. Yeah, no, that's it. No, but uh, so Robinson will be back because he had a two-match suspension for yellow cards, which we will come on to. Uh, Derrickwa first. Um, Hit and Hope Merchant is how they describe. He's not a footballer. He's a good. He's he's good defensively. And again, it's a bit like Mick actually with O'Neill. He's under the defenders. Most in the main are getting better at defending under under him, and Derrique seems to have grown in confidence defending. Um, they, they said he's improved. He's less of a liability at the back. His issue is on the going forward bit now because yeah, okay. 
things are so flaky ahead of him. Like against um, Aston Villa, because of the midfield being pulled out of place, he was being confronted with a left back, a left winger, and Jack Grealish. Oh, we've talked about the wingers, uh, the fullbacks yeah. Villa who bomb on as well, isn't yeah, it? They so do. Was yeah, it Neil? Um, yeah. Neil, what's his face? I've forgotten his name. Oh, it's I've gone back. Taylor, back. no. Neil Taylor. Yes, yeah. it, yes, it would have been Taylor actually against against. I haven't looked at the Villa team actually in detail, but but the point being that with the with the overwhelming with, with the sense of overwhelming and with the Christmas tree formation, there wasn't anyone in front of him, so he was relying. Yeah, it's quite narrow. Field, on it? it was relying on I think it was Ryan Yates to come across mm. and cover him, but Ryan Yates had his basically he had his fire extinguisher working on something else, so it was uh, it it basically you could see how they lost the game. But Tariqa, the criticism of Tariqa is. It's more it's lack of footballing intelligence when he goes forward with the ball. Um, he has a powerful running style. I wonder if it's the confidence. He doesn't allow, which doesn't allow him to bully his way past players and along the touchline. He doesn't have that instinct. They talk about the fact that he'll get into the mid of the, he'll get midway into the opposition half, and then he one of them said he, he'll attempt to launch the ball into the box only to hit the first defender with no pressure on him when there's nobody in the box to aim at, and he's got other options around him. Right, so he's right. kind of uh, you know he's he gets up there, but he's not he doesn't really have a brain. To know what to do but he's puts in good tackles and runs his legs off but as i say if only he could cross this as always there's always so, the fight to yeah. fall well, there is indeed jack robinson has other flaws which are mm. worth mentioning because this guy is the only left back and when he's doing his job well he sees and covers attacking runs brilliantly he is defensively good and he can push forward as well but as one of them said he isn't the brightest spark um he got a two-game ban for 10 yellow cards wow already gets decent um, yeah, yeah, exactly. They said he's a strange one. He can get wound up too easily, and he's had got some silly bookings. But he does get targeted with some malicious challenges. So obviously, everybody in the division, the, every player knows that. I think Norwich were one of them. That one of their players. They, they really. They it wasn't Buendia. It was, it was at the full back. Whoever the right back was. They anyway. Aaron's. But it, it, it might have been Aaron's actually. Or um, they, they. He does get. Um, he does get targeted regularly. Well, Quill Edwards did that to, to Kelly, didn't he? So He did exactly that. I mean, there's a battle to, happen, to look out for, guys. It used to happen all the time to Lee Martin as well with us. Mm. Um, but um, they need him in there. But they say he can be completely idiotic in some games, getting in, getting into scuffles, giving away silly fouls. A lot of the yellow cards are for things like mouthing off at referees, kicking the ball away. Yeah. You know, they said it, at Fine least get him. a yeah, exactly. They said, at least get a yellow for a safe reducer on a on a on a, on a lively winger. <laughs> they said you've got to get a yellow. Get one for something useful. You know exactly. Damn right. So they, he does frustrate them, but he does balance the quartet at the back. The plan B, who I don't think we'll see a quick one line of Sadianko X. Celtic and Saint Etienne. He's a 23-year-old. I think he's a he is really a plan B. He gives him. He's more of a right back, and he, but he doesn't give much of an overlapping threat, even though he looks solid defensively. He they do. It's a high praise in a strange way. He's aware of his limitations, so he keeps it simple. But um, I think. But the back four, I think you can pretty. But the back five, you can actually name. As I say, will be um, Milosevic, um, Ben Alayoun, uh, Robinson, and Ariqua and Pantillamon and goal. He seems to be sticking um, he's, he's sticking to a back four consistently, um, O'Neill. Midfield is interesting. Um, where have we got, Dave? As I say, it depends how he sets them up. Was, look, look at the holding midfielders first and work our way forward, if that's okay, Rich. Yeah. So, it was, um, so we, I remember on the preview show, we were, we were um, suspecting that they might bring in Guidiora against us which is exactly yeah. what they did um, yeah. does he feature at all or presumably Colbach's the ever present isn't he we all, we all know about Colbach absolutely um, yeah. but Guidiora has he disappeared out of he's 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 a fringe player but he does get used mm. um, there's a couple the most holding of all the holding midfielders is probably Ben Watson okay um, 
yeah, yeah we, we all start know, with uh, ex Watford and, and yeah Reading. and uh, Wigan Wigan sorry um, yeah. yeah Palace as well he's he's thirty three um some of these guys good as well he's thirty three they they are pushing on a bit I think O'Neill trusts them. I really do. He's um, he's he O'Neill likes a midfielder solidly in front of his back four. This is why Watson plays a lot. You feel as if I was thinking about this. Is this something that about Republic of Ireland managers? You had Jack Charlton. You have Martin O'Neill. You have Mick McCarthy. And I was when I was going through this again. Well, that's what Mick would have done. That's what Mick would have done. It must be something to do with managing Ireland that does this to, to does this to people. I don't know because again, it's a solid. But I love back the four. And, and, uh, you know, right? yeah, yeah. and what's, what Watson is excuse. He's what's an excuse for them. He really is. You know, he's a tidy player, but um, he um, he offers. He doesn't offer a lot going forward. He's an expert at positioning himself to intercept the ball. You know, he's a. Uh, um, he can play a good forward pass, just like Skews again. He can pick out every so often, you know, he'll spot a good long range pass, so he can do that. But he is trusted by his manager. Um Guitura is a slightly he is slightly different, but um he's a holding midfielder. He can be box to box, but he's a different to what's more static. Guadura more all action, more combative, always looking to make things happen. He does therefore give the ball away a bit more because he takes more risks. Um but he isn't he's not a play it safe. Player, they talk about the sideways pass brigade. Watson and Callback would be sideways pass brigade merchants. Right. They'll they'll recycle the ball and and do it that way. Whereas Guardiola will kind of go, no, let's see if we can force something here. If he can do it, they love him because of his energy, his power, and his drive. Though nobody else has that, but he is inconsistent now. And they said he has good games, but when things aren't working, literally everything can go wrong. The the age the age thing. They said there's a short circuit between his brain and his feet these days. You can see what he's trying to do, but he just doesn't always he isn't always able to do it. So um. So one name that so, I would expect um Kino and um, Martin O'Neill to like is Claudio Jacob. Is he injured um, or out of favour or he's, gone? He's, or? He's, he's fallen out of favour and that is a head-scratcher. He just seems to have fallen down the order when you've got so many other central midfielders in there. Um, and they were very surprised he didn't <clears> play. So the Villa game would have been perfect for a streetwise midfielder. Now, whether he's lost pace, whether he's lost... You know, they don't know themselves what's happened there, whether right. something... You know, you know, Cloud, pitch or something. You know, Claudio, Jakob and Roy Keane in the, in the dressing room together would be fun. Um, you know, Jakob, he is, we talked about him, I should say, back in before Christmas, and he was um, old-school Argentinian. Yeah, they were big fans of when they... Street, streetwise midfielder. They appreciated that he was yeah. a bit of a, yeah, a yeah. shithouse, if one of them. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. What's he done? I'm just looking at his appearance rate, actually. He's had... Um, Jakob he's only got three bookings, had, so he can't no, he's, had, he's had one bench appearance, which was six games ago, against West Brom. Okay, his, his old team. team. Yeah. His old team. He came off the bench against them. That's all. He's 31, so he's not that old. Yeah. So, you know, it could be that, you know, they're not short of options. They're overloaded, if anything, in central midfield. And they've also got somebody called Pele playing for them. <laughs> okay. Well, well, you can go with Jadilson, Mamadou, Tunkara, Gomez, if you prefer, but I'd prefer to go with Pele, if that's all right. Yeah, let's um, do that one, yeah. I remember, I remember looking this up and thinking, ooh, Pele, this is, you know, it's a hell of a thing to take on as a as a nickname. You know, I I wouldn't go there myself. You you really are backing yourself when you do that, because everyone's going to compare you to him. So I looked up a CV. He's played, he was on the books of Genoa, Milan, and Benfica. Ooh, that ooh. looks really good. <laughs> But he has zero appearance for each. Exactly. It's, yeah. You're okay. Getting, you're, you're getting it now. Uh, it's, uh, he did play for Rio Aves and Belenenses, who are kind of decent Portuguese team level players, and that's a, that's his background. Really, he's 27. Um, he's had two games, and the first one was against Hull, 
where they were more or less in control of the game. He was calm. That's the thing they like about him. He was calm. He did the simple stuff well. He's strong, has a good pass, doesn't panic. The, this guy was really nice. They, he'd been sold in, touted to them as a box-to-box midfielder, but they see him as a holder from what the way he was playing. Calm, agile and strong, winning the ball, bossing the midfield, spreading the game well, popping up in all the right places, everything you'd expect. So he was in instead of Watson. He was in the sitting role. So that was fine against Hull. Then he played against Aston Villa. And things got interesting. Against Villa, he was too slow at reading balls. He looked scared and stood doing nothing. He looked, he was way off the pace and didn't seem to, and seemed to turn into Villa players every time. He took ages on the ball. He didn't have time and space to dominate as he did against Hull. One of them said it was the difficult second album. Um, basically, against Hull, he was fine. You put him up against Josh McGinn and Jack Grealish. Yeah, proper midfielders, aren't they? And you and you're right when you talk about Claudio Jakob. You should, you know, would you put? Was it right to put this guy in there for his second game? You know, that was you kind of you'd you'd, you'd ask the question really because um, you know, Villa are, as I say, they are so feisty at the moment. But but he may well start against us. The other issue was tiredness because again, having made a first start against Hull on Saturday, then four days later against Villa into that whirlwind, tiredness may have played a factor in it. But keep an eye out for him. He is if he gets time and space on the ball. He's calm. He can regulate play. He's not a panicker. He's a bit like the centre backs. Actually, he's somebody who can, um, who can, who can, who can settle the rhythm of the team down quite nicely, which is which is always a good thing in a in a holding midfielder. I was going to query. So, so his nickname, his name's mm-hmm. Pele, yeah. Pele, Pele. Right. In, so he in. brings he brings some stiffness to the midfield. Would yeah. you say? Yeah. That's a, that was a that's a really subtle joke there, Harry, on uh, Pele's. What he currently gets up to these days, advertising certain medications. But I'll leave that one there. If you don't know about that, I won't explain it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. I'm naive. I'm uh, very naive. I'll tell you when we stop recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the fact I've had to explain it probably kills it, but it never mind. Probably kills it, but... Uh, but yeah, and he was a little bit flaccid, you reckon, in the against bit, yeah. Villa. 
against against Hull, he was he was he was he was out Hull. of his depth. He really was against Hull. He was no, he was fine against Hull, but exactly. oh, Villa, bit flaccid. I'm gonna, I'll Villa. explain it afterwards. Yeah. I'm really happy with both these lines. So if you know what I'm talking about on the pod, yeah. um, please give me a tweet and let me know that I'm not I'm not barking up the wrong tree. Where should we go next, let's Harry? Let's move it on. Let's let's move on. Move it on. Let's look at the two. Because when they do play a diamond, or if they play three in midfield, Ryan Yates will tend to play on the right side of the central midfield. Jack Colback will buy more slightly towards the left. Mm. And let's do Yates first, and then we'll do Colback. Yeah, is he um, a youth product? I don't. It's not a name that yeah, I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah, on loan last season at Scunthorpe, he's one that's broken through. He's um, he certainly isn't a connoisseur of the passing game. He could fit right in then. Um, he struggled to compete with. Again, he was he was the one who should have been over helping um Dariqua, but he wasn't. Um, he's a, his main strengths are without the ball. His technique isn't high and he's not a passer. But running, determination, hustling opponents, he's a terrier, basically. Even though he's not small, not small. He, but that's what he does. Breaking up play is what he does best. He also has a knack of timing his runs into the box well. There's a kind of touch of Flynn Downs about him, I guess, in that sense. Though I think Flynn is actually not all that bad with the ball. But, but, he has, but the thing that always caught my eye immediately when I saw Downs play was his feistiness, his willing to get in, disrupt, break up play, and then recycle the ball forward insofar as he could. Um, but I think Yates could be similar to Downs, but not as good with the ball, if okay. I could put it like that. Um, one criticism of Yates, which does come up, there's a bit of gamesmanship goes on with him, diving at sneaky handballs, and the Forest fans hate him for it. Oh, okay. um, it mm, he will drift out wide, and he can be a useful cross-field out-ball for one of the left-sided players, Osborne or Robinson, so he can do that. But um, he, but he wins challenges, wins headers inside and outside the box. He's a, he's a, that's what he is. He's a he's a more destructive player, if I can put it like, politely. Whereas Colback, he is Mr. Consistency. That's how they describe him. He rarely dip, he rarely seems to dip in quality. He never makes mistakes. Quietly goes about his business, making the easy pass, moving into space to get it back. It's kind of there is a you know in a way a style of play that hasn't really changed even going back to our time in a way. I love Colback for us. I, I was know, really yeah. hoping that we might try to sign him. Actually, yeah, because I don't think yeah. he was anywhere. It was in was he at Sunderland rather than he, he was at Newcastle. He, he, he was at he was at Sunderland at the time. He's on loan from Newcastle, having been on loan. But the the plan is, to, I think, the expectation is it's going to be a permanent signing. They they want to make him captain, basically. That's that that would be the next season. That would be that that would be the hope. Mm. Of course, he has. He's of course he's played for Keane before. Has so that, that, yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, no, he was. He's, he's one of those players that he's. You know, again, you you miss him if he's not there. Um, brilliant at nicking the ball from opponents. You can't fault his work rate, tackling, or desire. They would like him to play more positive passes. That thing we were saying earlier about the sideways pass brigade when we were talking about Guadiura, it is an issue with callback. I think they feel he has more in him. Um, but uh, he does. He break his breakup play is top drawer. He makes a ton of important tackles. But they'd like they'd like him to be. They feel he has more in him because. But he is. He doesn't make mistakes. But that could be because he doesn't take risks. That you could look at it that way too. Um, Still quite, quite dirty though. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. Actually, he's a superb midfielder. They feel he's somebody who requires more dynamism and athleticism about around him. And the the, the killer quote was, "When callback has been dominated by John McGinn, you know you're up against it." So they, one of the things Villa did against them was to. Oh, as in of all the all of our players to be dominated, yeah. Colbert, yeah. you don't expect. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, did Villa obviously do a job? Decide right. Let's look. If we can put, if we kill Colback, that wrecks their midfield because he's their reference point, and therefore they 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 obviously did a specific job on him. So um, it's fascinating. They're um, yeah. I don't know. How, I don't, it'll be interesting to see. He, he'll probably go with a 
midfield three. He generally hasn't played two up front, apart from when he tried the diamond um, against Stoke, and that didn't work. That they lost that two nil, but um, and it, it it really didn't work. There it was uh, it, it, it it there was no rhythm to it. So I'd say three midfielders will be the likelihood. A callback would be one, and then you could have. Pele, you could have, or Watson, you could have, or Guidiore. I'd say Kovac and Yates would be the most likely to feature, plus one other. The, the most creative of the midfielders, and you could almost see as a borderline striker, is Carvalho. Mm. And, uh, le- Go ahead. I was just going to say, so yeah. I remember us, um, Carvalho and Lolly us, us talking yeah. a lot about, you were quite yeah. worried about Lolly last time, I remember. I was, yeah. Um, Carvalho, mm. he's kind of, hmm, I'm, he's not had the same season that I was expecting him to have as who's yeah. who's the um who's the Wolves midfielder? Nuna um Neves. Neves had, yeah. was such a critical yeah. player for Wolves last season. And yeah. I was expecting Carvalho to be in the same mould, but I've not really heard too much about him this season. Is he is yeah. he still finding his feet? It could be it could be that he's struggling. He's contributing. He scored a lot is he scoring Hull. Yeah he is. No he's he's still he is he he has been effective enough but I think he's got the burden of this 13 million pound price tag hanging yeah. over him plus yeah. the fact that he's um, there's a few things he's the whole the thing about if you're a Portuguese player going into Wolves or comfortable comfortable with that model of play the whole thing is set up for you mm. he's been dropped into a setup that is nowhere near as what as polished so he you know the circumstances in which he's landed you know there aren't it's not dripping with technical portuguese style players who'll sure. be able to do what he wants so he's having to work with or a manager you know, like a spirit spirit you know you've got Karanka and o'neill and this the, one of the things that one of them has said bluntly he isn't suited to o'neill's football mm. um they said one of the the the, the the first phrase they kicked off was he we've done the carvalho debate to death <laughs> so that gives you an idea that you know that he's one of those every club has one there's a player who gets there's a player there yeah, and it's just everybody just just drives everybody mad. They feed, they they do say they need creativity. They don't have much in this team, and this lad has certain spades. Work rate gets you so far, but you need to have quality on the end of it, and he can give them the quality. There was a lovely phrase that described him. One of them said he glides around the pitch with inconspicuous malice. I like that. That's a <laughs> very that a elegant way of describing it. Oh, that's a compliment. It is. It's it's inconspicuous. So there he just moves oh, around the field and then All right. bang, you know, and then he's and then suddenly um, yeah, okay, like, okay, yeah. It's, um, no, that was uh, that was that was a nice one. He's a they say he's a bit fair weather though. Um, he's a, but he, again you can see them splitting opinion. He's exactly the type of player we should enjoy watching. He was okay against Villa. He opened the door, but the game really passed him by because again, as I said earlier, when you had him and um, Lolly playing up front, they they're both players who want the ball on the ground. Carvalho is the passer. Lolly is the dribbler. Hmm. That's the best way to describe the, to split the two in simple terms. Um, and they're not quite sure where Carvalho fits in, but that comes back to the owners. Why would you sign a player like that? It's in... almost a statement of intent, isn't it? That signing. It's a trophy. Yeah. Trophy mm. signing. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. My thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what you wonder. That's what you really do. Um, but uh, we'll see with Carvalho. He's, if, if he starts along with Ansarifard, they will be playing they will be going for some sort of technical style of model of play, I would have thought. If not, if he comes on, he, the other thing, he, he could well, if you're sitting on the bench, don't be surprised if they come on and switch the model of play after 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 half an hour. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does. Lolly, meanwhile, we'll talk about him because he's, he's more of a kind of an out-and-out winger, I suppose you could say, on the right. Um, they love him. Two good feet, bags of pace, the confidence to take anyone on, the best dribbler in the division. He goes past players. Well, yeah, he goes past people like I go past the salad at a buffet. That was quite nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, but the thing I love him about is he's, he's a you know he's a, almost like a tricky 
winger in, in rugby terms as well. Every single time he gets the ball, he's a threat. He's simple yet clever with the ball, using small body movements to shift inside and out and then race away. Um, the problem they've had, though, is because of the lack of creativity, teams have been doubling and tripling up on him. So therefore, you know, if you shut down Lolly, you pretty much shut down two thirds of the attacking threat that they've oh, got okay. because he's the one he's the one provider that they have got. But he does relieve pressure. He does shape the game, and he's very unselfish. But his close control is the thing. But they always say he, they're too reliant on him coming up with a bit of magic. Is there um, an understanding? I between think the him other player who is out injured as well is Matt. It's um. Beg your pardon. Oh, I was just sorry. Is there is there a is that a pairing there, Carvalho and Lolly? Do they do they work off each other well, or well, it are should, they well, it, different ends? It, of no, it's it, well, they they do. There isn't there isn't a strong bond between the two of them. They do link up play quite well, but obviously it didn't happen against Villa. The real natural partner is Matty Cash, who is out injured at the moment. The he's a 21 year old winger. So ideally, you'll have Lolly on the right, Cash on the left, and. That you know, the two wingers balance each other up, so they don't actually right. have a net net winger on that side. So no, there isn't a strong connection between. Um, as I say, in theory, there should be because of the way Carvalho plays. They should be reading each other's games games a lot better. But what they have been doing instead is playing Ben Osborne on the left. Now Ben is Osborne. He switched into left back when Jack Robinson was in was suspended. Yeah, so he, he is played yeah. that last night, didn't he? On Wednesday he did, night, yeah, so. he did. Oh, he did on Wednesday. That's absolutely. He played on Wednesday night against Villa. He's um, he's he suffers from being versatile, is how I describe it. He was really? he's pretty effective. Yeah, he's 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 a solid left-sided player. He can play as a winger, which is what he normally will. And I'd be surprised if you don't see what Robinson back Osborne. It could well be that Osborne then goes back up. They go with a four-three-three. You've got Osborne on one side. You've got um, you've got Lolly on the right. You've got a playmaker possibly in behind in behind a lone striker. That that could be how they set it up. Um, but uh, Osborne, um, he was in space all game against Hull. He looked after Jared Bowen. They were full of press for him. He had Jared Bowen in his pocket. They said all evening, which was quite good. Um, he does get targeted in a defensive role because he's not physically very big, but he doesn't shirk a challenge and carries the, carries on wanting the wanting the ball and wanting to play. Um, but he struggled against Villa again. This is what I was saying, going back to what I said earlier about quality. He was nowhere to be found for Villa's first goal. He did go missing. And if you look at the highlights, you can see that very clearly. Several times he passed to a Villa player under no pressure. Once again, even though they say he was under no pressure, he may not immediately have had the ball, but he may not have had options to be able to to take the ball forward. Yeah, and in an unfamiliar um, position. I mean, yeah, you yeah, expect, yeah. haven't you? He's t- yeah. He's a tidy winger. He's tidy on the left. Effective one-twos. Closes down space quickly off the ball. So he's, you know, he's a perfectly decent championship player, but he doesn't have the threat that Lolly does, I suppose. Um, the other plan B, which I'll touch on for 30 seconds, really, is Diogo Gonçalves, who is another winger who is, um, who's really peripheral. Um, little awareness of what's going on around him. No end product, lightweight. I think they had him on loan from Benfica with an option to buy. My sense is he's going back to Portugal. Um, he likes to run with the ball, likes to run in behind players off the ball too. There's something there, but they, they, he hasn't been given a run of games. They don't trust him. He's happy to get the ball and run at people, but there's um, but he gets knocked off the ball too easily. He, he's been... Karanka and um, O'Neill haven't trusted him, basically. So, um, so, that's, that's, so that's building up to the strikers. And the three up front... There's two names we do know, two names we don't know. Um, uh, the, of the two we do, Lewis Graben is very doubtful for the game. He picked up an Achilles injury and he hasn't featured for about three or four games now. He is on the way back, but I'm not sure he'll be ready for Portman Road. Um, so that's one scourge we don't have to worry about. But one friendlier returnee will be Daryl Murphy. Mm. We've got him He's back. He's bound to score, isn't he? 
But let's I mean, get your money on it. Yeah. Actually, don't. He hasn't, <laughs> I'm not sure. He's bear in mind, though, Rich. He's 35. Age is catching up with him. There is a feeling that O'Neill has a soft spot for him. Um, but he's. It's not only does he no longer have pace. One of them said his inability to control a ball when it's passed is unmatched. One of them said they they swear he has a force field up, and it's the only way they can rationalise where every ball will bounce straight off him. Oh, he's sad. no. He lacks. If your striker is standing still or walking for 90% of the game, you will struggle to create. He just lacks mobility. It's a shame, that said, it? when they beat um, they beat the Rams a few weeks ago in the East Midlands Derby, he was pivotal in the win. He's very good at softening up defenders for an hour before the creative ones appear. That seems to be the best way to use him. Hasn't changed his professionalism, works as hard as ever. But he doesn't have the quality. He's 35. You know, yeah. and that's, you might be able to wear that as a keeper or as a centre-back. But at this age now, I think it is catching up with him. So, But you might see him start. But Kareem Ansarifar is an interesting one because he was an Iranian international. There was a work permit problem, so they only signed him in November from Olympiakos. And they describe him, he's got mobility and running. He highlights Murphy's immobility is how they say is how they describe him. He scored against Hull, I think that was his first goal. It's taken him four months to score and it's taken him time to get up to the pace of the England game. Good movement, good desire, but can they trust him for a full ninety minutes? You see the thing about Murphy, you can trust him, you know what you're gonna get. But th- with um and Sarafar they're not sure. One aspect of English football culture he has not adjusted to is the fact that he seems more intent on hitting the floor than battling it out. Okay. So Well English- we'll come on to the referee. Yeah, we will. So that might have a, yeah, sorry. Bloody, I've just, I've just realised, yes, I've just realised that could lead us. Um, he's not helping with those dives. That was pathetic. We might have an answer. <laughs> time and a place. Um, good time and a place, exactly. Good movement, great ball control, but he needs support to create space. They tried again, hoofing the ball up to him against Villa. High balls are a total waste. And he was up against Tyrone Mings and got nothing out of Mings all game. They said Mings had him completely wrapped up. And that doesn't surprise me because I think Mings is a yeah. great run of four at the moment playing really well for them it's great to see it really is the final player quick mention to Leo Bonatini this is a classic example of a January signing who has struggled to get match fitness Right. It really is. He's um, flashes of brilliance, but it hasn't fallen right from ex on loan from Wolves. He's just a loan signing, Brazilian player, part of their set up under um, under Nuno, um, but uh, came originally from Saudi Arabia, uh, Al Hilal. You know the way the players move around the world. I think he's not a striker who necessarily wants to play up against centre backs, but he's somebody who likes to break in behind. So you could see him and Ansarafar trying to provide some movement up front against, you know, if if, if um, O'Neill is looking at targeting Chambers and Enciala, that might be an option he does. But it tends to be nice touches, but only in glimpses. So um, so there we go. Okay. So that's what they've got. As I say, normally you can say they're going to play this way or this way. With with O'Neill, my assumption would be they'll try playing direct. And then go with a more technical model, but they might they could just as easily not because they ended up bringing Murphy on against Aston Villa as the switch up option, and everybody was going, well, what, "What's that all about? There's no point, you know." Because, uh, but I could see why they did it possibly as an outlet. But, but then the, da- the, the damage was done. Yeah, mm. uh, but like to be a one up front though, yeah. Likely to be a one-up front type. Yeah, unless he goes with a diamond, he won't. Which yeah, he hasn't played a back three yet. So yeah, mm. who knows? Harry, so, great stuff knows? there. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. So it's, uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, so let's, there's a quickly bit of housekeeping we need to do. So for those watching on the video, the shirts behind me are two shirts where we've done the double over Forest. Can you imagine? We used to win at Forest. Um, so we've got... We never... We never... We never well, yeah. So that is 92-93, the season oh, where Forest yeah, went down. Mm. And actually, yeah. um, Roy Keane's last game for Forest 
was in a 2-1 yeah. defeat at Portman Road, the last game of the season, I think. Um, yeah. So that's that shirt. And then we've got the Brilliant. promotion shirt, 99-2000, where we beat them 2-0 away, I think. 1-0 Matt Holland scored. And obviously, yeah. we started the season off with a 3-1 win. Yeah. And all three strikers scored. Yeah. So some good yeah. memories there. Good Very quickly Brilliant. as well, because we um, we've done Forest and we've talked a lot about Bristol City, but it's all good stuff. Let's quickly do Daryl's team, shall we? You quickly, S and D. Let me whip it up on here. Interesting one this time. Loads of midfielders um, to play with. Uh, so Henderson and goal. Yeah, he's um, given us two lineups actually. So we'll go with we'll go with the top one. Um, okay. Yeah, I reckon, uh, we're lacking a right back, aren't we? But we'll yeah. do what Keane did, and we'll play. Well, we'll play a load of centre backs along the back four, and hope that works. So unless you, you could switch to a back three, I suppose that's the other thing. But uh, but but he's got t- Tony Vaughan. Mm. Luke Chambers, Danny Collins, and Dan Harding across the back. Yeah, Danny yeah. Higginbottom is plan B. Paul Gerrard is a backup goalkeeper as well. Um, yeah, you could do. I suppose you could work a back three, and then that would give you freedom to drop in because you've got Anderson on the wing and Lee Martin on the wing. Yeah, um, and then bring in someone like Lee Liam Trotter or Johnny Williams. You you could do that. Would leave Lee Martin as a wing back. That might be interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that, mm. that's possible. But the midfield he's gone for is a fascinating Jack Callback and Franz Tyson. Friend, that's yeah, I don't remember Franz Tyson's um, from Spell at Forest, but then I don't remember his Spell at Ipswich because I wasn't born. But. I think that's where he went. That's, yeah, no, no, when he went, no, he went there afterwards. Callback and Tyson would be interesting. You'd see Callback very much sitting there, I would have thought, whereas Tyson would be playing in behind. Um, on the left, on the right wing, I should say, we've got Paul Anderson as well. So you've Anderson yeah. and Martin flanking. Um, you've got Muzzy Carriol on the bench. I was so going to say it's... I'd maybe be tempted to lob in Carriol, mm. but maybe you'll only play half yeah. the game. That's um, the day, yeah. So yeah, maybe he's a bench, you could switch him in. And an honourable mention uh, for Chris Bart Williams as well, who I think is a yes. pretty tidy yeah. midfielder. Plenty of striking options. Yeah. There's um, no shortage of options. Um, midfield, I have to mention Johnny Williams, who I love. He's, he's in there. You've got Liam Trotter. Yeah, as I say, Bobby Howe, Danny Sonner. There's some good midfield pairings you could do. But Colback and Tyson, I can see I can see why Daryl's gone for that. Up front. Yeah, so, so the, the McCarthy pair. And we'll have the Ipswich yeah. Murphy. And he's also got McGoldrick. I'd, I'd have loved in David Johnson, Mark too there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but certainly not Adam Proudlock or Marlon Harewood. <laughs> no, no, no. Stern John was there as well. That was... So no, I think I think Daryl's gone. I'm like I like well I always thought McGoldrick, certainly McGoldrick and Murphy in that first season was a that was a when we, when he had his eye in it was fantastic. It was really really good, good stuff. Thank yeah. you, Daryl. Yeah. Um, we will get that very much as well. Let's do some Absolutely. questions, shall we? So we've, we've mentioned him already. Um, let's talk about Keith Stroud and Vinna Maipo. Yes. Um, Keith Stroud is in charge this Saturday. This is scary. Are you scared? I'm scared. <laughs> we're all scared. I know, you know, it, was just, it was only when you said it, we were talking about Ansarifat, the striker, and I was just thinking, he dives very easily. And I'm going, oh, God, no. You know, you just, now that you say it, and you, particularly if you've got Toto in the back line, you think, oh, God, no. Please, no. Let, let it not happen. Surely he must even things up, but he, he, you tend to, you know, he won't do, he just won't do that, will he? Mm-hmm. No. Um, the way my, my way of rationalising it is, it doesn't matter if he's in charge. If he goes down, or if we go down, I should say, we probably won't see him again. So we don't have to worry about him in that sense. So, Until he gets and kicked also, out of division for being crap. Unless unless he's so bad that we get a really <laughs> awful version of Keith Stroud in League One. In which case, then, we're probably you might as well have Guinevere on the field. And, you know, just drawing out decisions of the Magic 8 ball, deciding what everything that's going on. No, I'm, I'm kind of, with with you know, given where we are, I'm kind of, you know, if we get Stroud, if we get Simpson, if we get any of the 
any of the, the, the any of the dementors man refereeing us there's nothing we can do about it really. <laughs> um what i would say as well um is that alan judge is good at playing the referees isn't he so maybe he is actually yeah yeah maybe we'll get so some... that might that, that might work in our favor that might work in our favor yeah um ian mcintyre we've kind of alluded to this already but um I'll ask the question nonetheless. After the recent performances and results, how much more positive are you feeling? Um, I think we just need a finisher. Agree? The finisher is the big thing, yeah. That's, yeah. that's I mean, even Vince saw that. He said in, in every other aspect where we could be a comfortable mid-table team, well, I'd say probably lower mid-table, but I do think that, you know, the, the, the lack of a finisher is 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 an issue, I think. Um, also, I think Chalaba, the way he's blossomed, actually helped strengthen the defence as well. So in that sense there's there's a better shape there. But no, it's yeah, that's yeah, I agree. That's that's a pressing need, certainly next year. And again, Jap Jap Barham asked a question that we've kind of discussed as well. Do you think Tuesday's team was an indication about next season? Yeah. I do. It was interesting because it was also it was it also I think Harvey touched on a question about putting Wright on the bench along with the academy with you know the two together and there was only one loan signing in the team that was Judge mm. who there's every possibility uh, well Judge is a, is a, was a free no, signing wasn't he a Chalaba he was Chalaba Chalaba was the loan yeah, right. was on the bench. Right. yeah Yes, yes, no, yes. Good point. Yeah, Bree was on the bench, but it was, but it was very much a team weighted. It was a glimpse of the future. I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The one thing I would say though is, I don't. I think you have to be careful in terms of the. You can't go throwing that out every week, like against Sheffield United or Leeds or some of the more physical teams. You'd probably. Bristol weren't a very physical side, so what we were able to put out with the bias towards the younger players, it was more under twenty-three-ish in terms of the shape of the game. Sure. But um, so probably against Bolton, who are struggling anyway, we could do a Reading like we did last season to them if their confidence isn't great, because we're our confidence is quite good. Or against a team like Brentford again, who aren't necessarily an out-and-out team of units. You could see, you know, I think if you choose your games carefully, but I, I trust Lambert on that one, I would. Mm, yeah. Yeah, good shout. Um, yeah. Barry kind of asked the flavour, just how bright is the future? He's excited and looking forward to the rebuild. Uh, yeah, Got to be positive, too. haven't we? Yeah, no, it's it's you, it's a team that you could fall in love with from what I saw on Tuesday. You could see they're, it's playing with real personality. It's playing with, there's a sense of style about it. There's there's a model of football. It's attractive to watch. Um we know the bits that we're missing, but if you put those in, you can see something coming together. And as Vince talked about, you know, it does reflect Lambert's personality. There's it a does, lovely style it? of play to it. Yeah, yeah that's good. Right. Um, mm. Our friend Amy, Amy Downs, who I met for the first time properly face-to-face um, before lovely. she was interviewed um, for the mm. ITFC blogger, for what it's called, sorry. Mm. Um, international break coming up. Is this a good thing mm-hmm. for ITFC because it will give us a well-earned rest? Or awful because it will cut into the momentum we've got at the moment with playing well. International break, mm-hmm. good or bad thing? I mean, generally it's a bad thing, isn't it? I hate the international breaks, frankly. But, yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of our momentum? I don't know. One thing I'd say, I felt Bristol were definitely mentally and physically the wearier team on Tuesday night. That's one thing I would say. I don't know, it's a bit academic for me because we're, I'd see us, we're in pre-season mode already. I think we've got a big five-month pre-season. So it's, I'm... I'm more sanguine about it this time around. If you, if the teams generally who like it are the teams who've got problems, mm. um, and um, at the moment we know what our problems are, but we're well into fixing them. So I, said, I don't know. It's, it might give us time yeah. to get Will Keane back if he's if if he's going to yeah. get fit. Perhaps yes, that's the only that, positive I could think. So of. therefore, you can have a proper look at him then, because he missed the whole game, which is next after Forest. So then he'll come back in afterwards and hopefully fully refreshed. So we can just again. In preseason mode, he can we can help assess our options, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, but it's a real thumb, tw- it's a real thumb twister. It really is. You just just want to 
out of the way or Tom Twiddler I should say You're just whistling and waiting for it to pass yep. yeah um Harry Butcher, this is a debate that's often had when he's out of the team. Um, is our midfield better without Scoose in it? Or is it just different? I guess I would supplement it. <laughs> I'd say, you know, a season ago, yes. Um, or no, I should say, we needed Scuse more accurately. I think it's a yes and no, actually. He would have been superfluous starting against Bristol City, but he added steel when we needed him near the end. Depends on who we're playing. Yeah, um, so well, I think we've Sheffield... accepted the next season, yeah. perhaps uh, f- starting from now into next season, the yeah. likes of him and maybe Chambers when we've got strength and depth at the back yeah. will drop out of the team. They will be maybe rotated a little bit. Yeah. And, or, yeah. yeah. Gent- gent- gently receding, but but definitely with a role. But I think it, uh, that's how I'd see it now. It's, cir- it's more circumstantial. 12 months ago, he was, a, he, was a, he was penciled in. And the, op- the oppositions that we expect to dominate is maybe... In, Maybe it's a game for Scoose as well. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah, time and a place, Harry, I think, on that one. Um, Jack's Larder. Uh, let me do a bit of context here. It's obviously the first time Roy Keane is back at Portman Road since <laughs> he was sacked back in 2011. Um, his his question is, out of all of Keno's signings, who would you want in our current team? Also, will we hear Keno give us a wave? Um, just a, I did some stats on Keno and... 81 games in all competitions, a win percentage of 34.6%. Um, mm. Do we kind of... I, this is my question for you, Harry. Given what we know now about Evans, particularly early on, and Simon Clegg, would Keane do better now at Ipswich than when he joined us back in 2011? Is Evans a wiser, better owner? Um, or was that always going to be a marriage made in hell? Oh, God, what a question. It was... Uh... It was a mismatch. Definitely, it was a mismatch. Um, Evans needs a, a manager with a lot of experience. I'm convinced of this now. You do not put him near a rookie in any shape or form. And Keane was still a relative rookie at the time, particularly with Clegg doing the negotiations. It just, it just was. Oh, it was, it was a car crash. It really was. And then we saw it again with Jewel, and then we saw it again with Hurst. Um, I, I wouldn't have. Keen near the club, I really wouldn't. He was arrogant. Um, don't get me started. His, his autobiography. Read the book. Yeah, the second it's part. N- it's, no, no, it's not in my bookshelf. I don't want near the shop. I don't want near, oh, near okay. my. Shop. I've no time for it at all. He, the man was arrogant. He falls into to me. Roy Keane fits into that group of players very much the golden generation. A sense of entitlement, a sense of arrogance, a sense of believing that they were better than they actually were. And I, as far as I'm concerned, he's a busted flush. Um, wow. And it's not just because of the comments he made about Ipswich. I just, I just simply don't rate him at all. Um, yeah, there we go. Wow. Um, but so, would you have no, any I'll... of his signings in the team? Going back to the original question, Harry, we, we, I've given, we had, we, I tried to list them out. I think we've, I've yeah. got, I went for Jason Scotland because I think we need a physical striker, yeah. goal scorer. Yeah. Um, you've gone down the other end of the pitch. I'd go for Damien Delaney. I love Delaney. I thought he was fantastic, and he was cruelly mismanaged by Keane as well. I just, I've, I just think, you know, it's. No, I, I thought well. Delaney went on and proved just how good he was at Palace, didn't he? Mm. Which is fantastic. Briefly on Keane, Norwich, or Norwich, Norwich. Where did that come from? Um, Nottingham Forest fans, I should say, <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh, talked about um, they, they've got a weird relationship with Keane. You need this needs to be aired. Um, the Dark Lord motif. The, if they're frustrated with if a if a Forest fan, you said it again. If a Forest fan is frustrated with Roy Keane, or frustrated with the player on the field, I should say. 
they assume that Roy Keane is the person who is going to go in and articulate their venom at that particular player. Okay. It comes up all the time. I hope Keane is getting stuck into them now for switching off at key moments. Cue the half-time Keane hairdresser. You know, Keane needs to wake them up. Not O'Neill. Keane is the one who needs to wake them up. He's the purveyor of negative dressing room wrath. That's how I describe it. He really is. He's, and I think that's really funny that the players have decided, the fans have decided, oh God, I'm really annoyed with him, but I know Roy Keane is going to give him a right earful. He, I don't, I don't need to. It's, it's taken care of already. It's really weird. Some of their other comments about him are very amusing. Because you can read them two ways. They were saying he's honest, transparent, direct and consistent with players. Um, positive qualities you'd want in a leader. Yeah, we can, we can, we can, we can recognise that. He knows how to make a point quickly and memorably. Again, they're praising him when they say that. Okay. If you want a quick lift in standards at the club, Roy Keane's as good as any. Um, to be fair, they do say that he does have a win at all costs mentality, which nobody's going to argue with. Uh, but um, one of the funniest ones was, it's a shame Henry Lansbury isn't here. I'd have walked to the ground to see that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure there's a fit there, is there? Oh, God, that would be funny. You know, the ultimate luxury midfielder in there. You put Keane in there. Oh, my Lord, who played the role. I can't, ima- I can't just imagine Keane giving them all the uh, evils rather than doing the hair dry treatment. But I know, exactly yeah, that. To be a fly to wall, eh? That would be yeah, good. Yeah, one of them was hoping that he was going to, he'll keep Green. He was said that he'll keep Jack Grealish honest with just a stare from the touchline. That didn't happen. No, yeah, <laughs> no, it didn't. flush perhaps. No. Um, no, forgive me. I've, I've got scant regard for Keane, though. I really do. Forgive no, me. well, there yeah. you go. That's, mm. Um, mm. Yes, a bit of a surprise, I would say. Um, mullet. Um, my yeah. my West Brom buddy Mullet um, yeah. is John Nolan a case study in what Lambert could do with Hurst's players, or merely another player who's had the odd good game in the worst season ITFC has known? Um, mm. Should we should we polish the turds we paid handsomely for, or cleanse <laughs> the transfer toilet with a good flush? I think Nolan's improving, isn't he? He is. I think Nolan's one of the exceptions. He's definitely growing in confidence and he's understanding of his role under mm. Lambert. Bear in mind, he's got the perfect manager. Did he Lambert do the knows... back heel flick for the goal to play in I think Penlock? That, I, think, I think that was him, yeah. if memory serves me right. Yeah, that happened so instantly. We were at the ground. We, it was only when I went home and I saw that on the video that I realised that just a spectacular and own, own goal it was. But going back to Mullet's question, I think... I think it's with all of these players, there's going to be a mixture of outcomes. I think that's true. For me, Jackson will always be a good impact substitute. Mm-hmm. Um, I, could start, I could be wrong on that, but with that pace he has, I can see him being really effective with that, even in League One, if we get a, a stronger striker to play in his stead. But Nolan, I think, is different. I think he is growing in confidence. And I say under Lambert, he is properly blossoming in a, now. Um, I know. I think there was another question where somebody was mildly critical of him, and I, I just was sitting on half halfway, and I had a good view of him, and he was really well balanced. He linked with the front three. He also knew when to take the ball forward to relieve pressure. Ben and I were chatting. There was one moment in the second half we'd broken out of midfield because they were coming at us late in the game, and Ben was said, "He said, come on, take the foul, take the foul," and a Bristol player reacted, took the foul. And Nolan went and won the free kick, relieved the pressure. And that was something that would not have happened back in October. Mm-hmm. It simply wouldn't have. So he's learning how to play championship football as a midfielder. So, no, I think, but I'm not sure about them all, but I certainly think that's the case with Nolan. I think Lambert has seen something there he can work with. Yeah. yeah. And I think Edwards is growing into the season as well. I thought he was good on Tuesday and he was yeah. good on Saturday. Um, Enciala yeah. and Jackson, as you say, probably bench options, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Andy Grimes, you talked about this briefly um what are your thoughts on Dazelle? i don't think he has the pace mobility or physicality required for the modern game at this level saying that i don't think we have many better players with the ball at their feet thought about whether 
Dizel has the pace or physicality the, and the mobility point. Because I think we both agree that there's a clever footballer in there. There's a passer of the ball in there. Does yeah. he need the pace and mobility and physicality in League One, do you think? He does need... I think he'll certainly need more physicality, but I think you just put him in with the right players. Mm-hmm. You have other players who can do that for you. You know, and midf- The midfielders, to me, is the microcosm of the team. And if you get the right balance in there, you don't... Dizel, you know, I wouldn't want him to... You, you can you can you can you can overtrain. You can become overmuscular. You can you can lose your you can lose your centre of gravity. Some players do get criticised for that. You do the game is much more about upper body strength these days. I know that, but I think with the right players in there protecting him, either having a good you could play him with an out and out playmaker in front of him. You could play him with Bishop's runs to create spaces for him to attack. You could play him with a player like Chalabu who's got athleticism and physicality. The three that worked against Bristol worked really effectively. Mm-hmm. But you, I don't think he needs to be all of those things because what he does give you is that eye for a pass. He is a proper locksmith and he could turn into, um, you know, I don't know whether Lambert is seeing him as a Wes Houlihan, but you could see him ultimately becoming that in time because he can. He can see the spaces before they happen. He really does. Mm. But I wouldn't expect him to have to. There's only so much he can add to. You know, I, I, you know, he can't. He doesn't necessarily have to have all of the, all of the kit in the bag because you've got other midfielders who can balance that with him. Agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I absolutely agree yeah. with that. Um, Arthur yeah. Pickthorne, is the silver lining to being so bad all season that we can now just play without pressure to win? We can get far more out of the remaining games than if we were scrapping away. This extra time yeah. to prepare could make a huge difference. Thought yeah. On that, Harry. No, yeah, he's, 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 it is a silver lining. We've got five months to plan, and both Lambert and the club, I think, see it that way. They can never admit it. But even this week's results, I think, were another killer. You know, for any any slim hope we had, whap, no, you're not having any of that. You know, I think Rotherham rather won. Who else? It was every, anybody who could have won did win kind of thing to kind of stretch the gap now to what's the 13 points or something. Yeah. You, always look, you always look at the points versus games played. And if the points is, the difference is less than the number of games left to play, it's kind of slightly in your favour, but now we're at the point where we've got eight games left to play, is it? And um, we've got a 13 point difference, which is a, you know, that's, that's proper daylight, I'm afraid. So, yeah. No, it's, but, you know, no, we're in pre season. Speaking of, um, Beanie asks at this point what will be uh, the instant reaction to the dreaded R next to us on the league table? Yeah. Or will there not yeah. be one? It will be a low weekend. I'm not looking forward to it. No, it will happen, and it's going to hit, no question. It's not going to be a happy time. But the one positive is that we won't have sky cameras looking for glum, glum, glum faces. Because yes. we've all priced it in now. This is the real positive, because you think to yourself, you know, you know, they're going to be coming along looking for a Nipswich fan crying. We're not crying. We've, you know, we've accepted what's happening. We're now planning for next season. We've gone through that, and that's what I'd say to any town fans. So if there are any, you know, what I'd love is for Sky to rock up at a game, expecting us to go down, even if we get a draw, say we get another draw against, say, it's Birmingham or whoever further down the track, um, and they turn up expecting us all to be standing there looking glum and have bed sheets out, and then they suddenly see that there's a mosh pit and we're all rocking, and there's a great big party going on. You know, explain that one to your readers, or explain that yeah, one to your listeners. Exactly so right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Sky yeah, called that yeah. out. The Sky called it out certainly um, Bristol City yeah. actually, I think, and because um, yeah. Darren Bent was the pundit, and you, you get. Yeah. A pretty basic analysis from Darren Bentley and Racina was actually pretty good but all of them even David Prutton acknowledged that yeah. the Ipswich fans the atmospheres and people um, yeah. people's views of the club have actually improved and, it's, yeah. and I think the media started to pick up on that now a little bit but you're quite right it would be great if the reaction to the yeah. R is we're up for next season bring it on yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're you know, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're already planning. Yeah. We've got exactly. a few more questions, but I think we'll, let's end on a positive, Harry, shall we? Mm-hmm. Well, the positive being um, making a, a, the silver lining out of the cloud that is a, a relegation against us on the league table. So we'll end, we'll end <laughs> it on there. Thank you for everyone else for the question. Sorry, do we yeah. have time on those? Um, Harry, do you want to go, um, give us your plugs? Where can we find your blog and your Twitter? Uh, blog goes up tomorrow um, or for Friday lunchtime I should say um, at, on TWTD and it can be found at Harry from Bath on Twitter brilliant stuff um, you can find the channel at Blue Monday ITSC and we'll obviously retweet all of Harry's stuff as well um, you can find me at Ips Rich um, and I shall be back for the flagship show again um, I need to have a break Harry I'm, <laughs> I'm on this too much um, um, I'll be hosting oh. um, with uh, David Statt um, so the Fantastic. this week in ITFC history guys will be um, the the main guys um, analysing Forest and whatever happens there a one or draw you heard it here first yeah. thanks again <laughs> Harry for your hard work that was really good stuff all the best thanks for listening everyone have a great weekend It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.